Hello! お疲れ様です。ワコです。First of all, thank you so much for thank you so much everyone for leaving such a kind comments.、Um, Honestly, like before pressing the post button on social media, saying that, hey, like this is something I'm working on, I was so nervous. It's still nerve wracking, but I think hearing your comments and knowing that it was such a warm receive,、um, I have so much more motivation. And I feel like I want to keep myself accountable to just like keep going.、Um, and I'm really excited to get started with it.、Um, so, yeah, thank you. So, for today, I'm talking about these two fields, STEM and arts and humanities, and how there is such a deep divide.、Um, and that, like, we, the fact that we love to like, label some stuff as either STEM or arts and humanities, you know, either one of those.、Um, I think a lot of people who, especially those who grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, I think we share pretty similar experience、um, that we felt the divide between STEM and arts and humanities at a quite young age, I feel like. For me, one of the first times was when I came to the States in sixth grade. Mind you, like, I didn't really know about those like, feels. Like, really feel that until I came to the States. And、um, I remember I went to the bookstore to grab some books. Obviously, what else do you do?、Um, but I went to the children's slash babies book section because that's all I could read. Because, again, like, I just came here, right?、Um, and the first thing I see is like books for babies, but then that book is called like Coding for Babies. And neural networks for babies. And I saw quantum computing for babies. Like, what the f? What is it? Like, after a college degree, I don't, I barely know what quantum computing is. Like, someone tell me. Someone teach me what it is. Maybe if I walk up to a baby in a stroller, they would know. I don't know, because they would, they would read the book, maybe. Anyway, so. I could kind of feel the sense of like, whoa, like there's so much focus on these like computer science related knowledge building, I guess, in this area. And I felt that so, so much、um, spending, you know, last bit of elementary school, middle school, high school, and then college in the San Francisco Bay Area. I felt that a lot.、Um, yeah. So, well, going back to. Let's go back to the definition then. So, what are STEM and what are arts and humanities? So, today,、um, the definition or the,、uh, the abbreviation of STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And that includes computer science. So, that's STEM. And arts and humanities are generally like visual arts, literature, Drama and theater, music, history, language, media studies, religions, to just to name a few.、Um, yeah, and I feel like going back to my experience, 
college was the one when I, I mean, obviously with the coming of age, like I really, really felt that like people in the STEM are supposed to, like quote unquote, supposed to feel superior. And I didn't say that right, did I? Superior.、Um, and arts and humanities people are quote unquote, supposed to feel inferior.、Um, To STEM people. And, you know, I mean, okay, I went to UC Berkeley, so it has the one of the strongest computer science program, one of the strongest biology program, one of the best program in chemistry, too. So it's all STEM, right?、Um, and I would come across multiple people who are like preaching for, like, oh, like, go woman in STEM, like, woman in STEM rock. And okay, don't get me wrong, I appreciate it and understand there's like underrepresentation of women in the STEM field, right?、Um, and I think it is very, very important to encourage women to step into the STEM field without having like gender be the barrier. But when, I don't know, I feel like there's like a connotation that comes from women in STEM that like, Oh, STEM are, you know, dominated, or like men are dominating like STEM fields. So, women trying to get into STEM fields is, I, I feel like STEM and arts and humanities, men and women, and intelligent and not intelligent. I think like those two spectrums, or not two, three spectrums are so interconnected that almost makes me feel like when I hear like women in STEM, I feel like, oh, like women can be as smart as men because they study STEM. I, I don't know. I, I think it kind of like gives me kind of a wrong impression in a sense. So that was like, Okay, that was a very specific example of like when I felt this social hierarchy in a sense. Another big part is the job, mar- the job market.、Um, let's say on LinkedIn, where people search for jobs and internships and stuff like that. There's just an overflow number of open positions for software engineers. And it's not necessarily the same for arts and humanities major. Like, I don't want to generalize arts and humanities altogether because what about law, right? What about marketing? What about whatever? But by the time I was looking for summer internship, I was majoring in urban design. And、uh, halfway through college, so Like, second semester of junior year, my third year, I added another major called data science. So, the, for the first, year,、uh, first two years, I only job、uh, hunted for urban design related jobs. And it made me so sad seeing like how much of a job, like a work experience, you would have to have to even take a first step. In the urban design related job. And, and then, as soon as I added like data science, it's just like the, the range for job hunting like multiplied like infinitely. 
and you know for funsies like i would just like look up like oh like i wonder what kind of or how many software engineer related job there are in the market not that i will go for it i just looked up and there are just so many they're just countless countless number like there's so many pages and it made me quite sad right because that kind of shows that like how much the company like any and every company needs software engineer so how useful you can be is like blatantly showed on the linkedin like job hunting page and this kind of stuff trickles down to like daily life in college um because you know i tell me if it's just me but i'm sure it's not just me but at the end of the college or in the middle honestly um i got this impression that like oh you're supposed to think that stem people are automatically like smarter than the rest because they're choosing more useful major um for the society you know and I, this kind of me like leads to what does it mean by being smart you know what does it even mean um especially when we're in the same school right like at the end of the day like we're in the same school dude um so like until i was able to say that like oh yeah like at the end of the day we're in the same position i had such a like inferior mindset to stem major students because my major seemed pretty useless and i'm sure i'm 120% sure that a lot of people have shared and are currently sharing the same feelings speaking of job hunting um i went to this event called boston career forum I'm sure a lot of Japanese American students would know about this, but um iwayure boskari desu ne. It is a job hunting event for Japanese students who are or it doesn't have to be Japanese, but mainly for Japanese speaking students who are in the US colleges. So a lot of people like me who are in the market for, you know, like job like positions in Japan or any positions that use Japanese or um a lot of exchange students from Japan um who you know study at a US college it can be anywhere um fly to Boston for this career forum for job hunting event this is like a big big thing where you can start off from like just walking and you know do the interviews like a couple times and um at the end of the day like you could walk out of the event with a job offer or internship offer if you're lucky. Um I went to those events in 2018 when I was a sophomore, I think. Yeah, and then 2019 when I was a junior. Um and mind you, like in 2018, I only had urban design as my like one major because I was still a sophomore. I didn't add data science major until the 2019 Boston Career Forum took place. Um and you know this this is such an interesting experience at least in my opinion. It takes place in this big big building. And you know, you kind of like start walking towards that building and start seeing these like ants looking things, like a little black dots. 
and you walk in and you s- start seeing that those ants are actually students like all wearing black all the same suits um and you go inside there's it's just like such a long line to get into the forum everyone wearing the same thing and then the first thing to do is to pick up a name tag um and the name tag has like you know a thread and it has two colors um yellow is for stem people i guess and then blue is for arts and humanities so yellow for yellow って日本語っぽくなったけど、と理系が黄色いなんか紐がついてて、で文系が青とかそういうなんか二色に分かれてたんですね。でその選考によってその自分の名前のタグの紐の色が変わってて、でそれをまず一番最初に選ばなきゃ
But then just because I'm saying that, like, oh, like I'm studying data science, like people want you. And that made me quite sad、um, of like how drastic the change was compared to 2018 when I only studied urban design. But yeah, enough of my experience.、Um, I wanted to get into this whole question of how did this branching start to begin with?、Um, and that kind of led to this like looking into the origin of the university. And、um, after that, I kind of started thinking that one of the reasons for the divide is theology, which is shingaku. Eto, 今私たちが言う大学っていうシステムはカトリック教会の神を探し求めて自分たちの知識を高めるっていう伝統っていうのかな動きというのかな方針が、えー、と発端にあると思うんです。So the first university founded to the record、um, is University of Bologna in Italy. It was founded in 1088, and it is created by Catholic Church monks.、Um, so, the important idea here is that they valued so much on academic freedom. So, technically, you are free to pursue any kind of studies, right? So, it's basically like, hey, learning is cool. Maybe if we col- collectively work on some stuff, better things happen. That's the idea. And before going to universities, students would study two genres. They're called first trivium, so they st- first studied trivium, and then later quadrivium. Trivium includes grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and quadrivium includes arithmetic, which is sansu, geometry, kikagaku, music. And astronomy, so tenmongaku ですね And この7つのコアの科目を liberal arts, 今で言う liberal arts って言うんですね。で、面白いのが、その quadrivium に入ってるのが、その算数、幾何学、音楽、天文学なんですけど、その音楽と天文学がなんで一緒に入ってるのかなって見たところ、こういう分け方になってたそうです。算数 Arithmetic っていうのは number in the abstract っていうのは無形の数理っていうことで geometry っていうのは空間の数理 and music is 時の数理 so number and time and astronomy is 空間と時の数理 so the number in space and time so that's how they thought about different genres これは、えっと、束縛から解放するための知識や生き,る生きる力を身につけるために必要とされた学問でこれを探求するものは、えっと、世界や宇宙を作り上げた神を探し求めるものだと考えられてたそうです面白いですよね結構その一番最初の発端は音楽と天文学っていうそのザ STEM、The Arts and Humanities が同じジャンルに入ってたんですよね。で、その大学入学後、学位を取るんですけど、例えばこの今言ったボローニャ大学の創立当初は
えっ、ー、とグラマーグラマーレトリックロジック・ティオロジー・カノン・ロー・カノン・ローっていうのは教会法ノータリー・ロー・ノータリー・ローっていうのは交渉ノータリーっていうのは交渉人ですねこれらの選考オプションがあって結構その法律ヘビーだったんですよねで次第に他の分野も、えー、と学位の対象になっていったとでも最初は結構違って大学っていうのは法律と進学がもうすごくあの中心的なものだったそうですでこのシステムが進展していくうちに教会と,法、えー、と科学っていうのは結構複雑な関係になります The more we build up scientific knowledge、um, you know we came across this new question which is like does God exist or not?、Um, It started off as like, you know, astronomy to study the space that God made, yada, yada, yada. But then the more we got to know about the space and the things around the world, people started asking, like, does God exist then? Or maybe not, right? And that leaves with two binary sides、um, yes or no, right? And so gradually, church. Have had its core principle challenged by science. And two of the main examples that I can come up with is、uh, are, they are Galileo Galilei and Charles Darwin. Galileo Galilei っていうのはあのそれでも地球は回っているっていう<笑>何の声だったんだ今<笑>でもなんかあれ本当に言ったのかなわかんないけどまあそれはさておきその言葉で有名な学者ですよね地動説を唱えた学者ですよね。えっと、ガリレオはもともと1617世紀の数学の教授で、えっと、天動説が主流だった当時は彼は異端視されていてガリレオは教会の教えに背いた罪で宗教裁判にかけられてしまったんですね。でそれで最終的に投獄された人です。これは結構有名な話かもしれません。でチャールズ・ダーウィン。えっと、ダーウィンはまた進化論でで有名な人ですね進化論っていうのは生物は,生物は長い年月をかけて進化するとよって人間は猿が進化したものだっていうことを提唱したんですね。でこれは旧約聖書の創世紀創世紀っていうのはどのように世界が作られたかを記されたものに出てくるアダムとエヴァの話いわゆるこの創造論に反するのが進化論なんですねでこれは日本人で仏教徒の私からするとアダムとエヴァの話って単なる神話,の神話なんじゃないのっていうふうに感じるんですけどアメリカの教育制度では結構今でもホットなトピックなんですね。I'll give you an example. 例えばジョージアっていう州があるんですけどジョージアでは2002年ある学校生徒の親 2,000 人が。進化論以外の理論がカリキュラムに入っていないことにクレームでその学校は生物学の教科書の表紙に「進化論はあくまで説であって事実とは限りません」っていうステッカーを強制的につけたそうです、まあ、2005年に取りやめになってるんですけどでもこれ20年ぐらい前の話ですよねでまあジョージアとか促進的じゃないっていうそあのコンサーバーみたいな印象があるんですけどじゃあそういう州だけじゃないのって言ったらそうでもなくてカリフォルニアでも結構最近の例があって
えー、っと難しいからちょっと英語で言いますね最初 In 2010 The Association of Christian Schools International sued the University of California for declining to count some of the Christian schools science courses that didn't teach evolution for college admission requirement そうだから、えっと、高校から大学に上がる時に、えっとまあ、大学によってこの算数はこれこれこれ取ってください理科はこれ取ってくださいっていう、まあ、あのレクワイメントがあるんですねでレクワイメントをクリアしないと願書を出せないんですけどこのクリスチャンの高校で進化論っていうものを教えてない理科の、えっと、クラスがあったと。でそのの理科のクラスはえー、と私たち大学のレクワイメントには使えませんよってそのカリフォルニア大学が却下したんですねでその却下されたのを、えー、とそのクリスチャン・スコールズ・インターナショナルっていう、まあ、そういうグループが、えー、と訴えたんですけど、まあ、これが2010年を「that kind of did you know they didn't end up winning the case the Christian schools international didn't end up winning this case but that still happened like 12 years ago that's so recent um yeah so that's basically my rundown of the origin of how you know the stem slash arts and humanities or those kind of fields are arranged or used to be arranged uh back in the days Okay, enough of the origin, background story, and whatever. I'm going to talk about how STEM and arts and humanities are today. For me, STEM is seen as more persuasive, more universal. The tools that we use,、um, you know, we have like universal units, except for the US because we would like to use inches and feet because we want to be unique. Whatever. Universal units. We use them. And those kind of things are necessary because we are all different. We use different language. We use different metrics. We use different,、um, we have different cultures and understanding of stuff. So I think having this like metrics, especially universal metrics, where people, all people can understand it to an extent. Makes whatever we're discussing very persuasive.、Um, and I think there's so much of a focus in STEM, at least from what I think, starting from World War II, or maybe even like World War I, but like the collaborations of military, business, and academic like institutions leads to technical advancement, right? So we can make like,、um, Top, top notch, like technological advanced weapons.、Uh, we can have radars. We can have more economical power using this, like, technologies, and we can have a monopoly on these weapons, right? Like, it started, I think the war is a very big、um, stimulator for this outburst of STEM field. And, you know, even without this, like, weapons. Or active, like physical fights.、Um, Cold War is a very good example, too, because, you know, the race to the moon, right? Race to the space. Like NASA 
is pouring so much money and now SpaceX like we we're pouring so much money on space exploration and that requires brains in STEM right um so in a sense it's you can say it's STEM is easier because it's easier to say yes or no it's more quote-unquote objective even though I think I personally think nothing can be completely objective but it's more objective I'd say and it's easier to say yes or no like right or wrong to a question which makes STEM a little bit easier in this sense I don't think it's the easier genre compared to arts and humanities entirely entirely but in this aspect because STEM is able to say yes or no uh, more easily, um, it has less complexity in that aspect. So arts and humanities. Um, I think one important thing that I want to talk about it is that it never has a silver bullet silver bullet means that like you know this one thing that solves a problem it doesn't have it arts and humanities it doesn't have it they don't have one correct answer and i feel like that's a very realistic way to think about the world the things are not black and white you know um and i think also it touches the more core part of the world like how and why are we different how can we understand each other better what are the purpose of our life you know um it touches closer to our heart and i think the more we talk about these topics um sometimes it's very heavy um i find myself and other people just like asking like dude like why can't we just get along or like why can't we just like chill or why can't we just like be in peace, hold hands together. And I think one thing people should not say is that just that. Like, why can't we just get along? It's just one thing I don't like saying or hearing people say that because I feel like it's not realistic. Um, because the question shows that those people are really, like, literally throwing away the very thing they are studying about. Um, and but honestly I get the frustration because when I take arts and humanities class or do research on it sometimes it just feels like arguments over paper you know not really making difference but just on paper and referencing other people and pretending to be smart and just getting satisfied with making arguments just for the sake of making arguments right even if it doesn't come to conclusion or any sort of like next steps um and many of us don't like not having the sense of determined ending or resolution um so that's an like one big part of arts and humanities i feel like another thing is stem stuff is associated with like innovation and future and arts and humanities are more like history like ancient you know um i think i don't think we can really conclude it that way 
like sure like law performing arts etc like these stuff has been around for the longest time with all the civilizations right but like the study about how we think how we learn about society is kind of very new like it's very difficult to learn about ourselves because like the object of study is us and i feel like we inherently have bias on every little stuff about the world so it's very hard i'll give you an example of like what's new about arts and humanities there's this word called social construct i'm sure a lot of my college friends people who have gone to u.s college have heard it over and over and over and over and get sick of it but social construct is um something that was literally made up by society this term was coined uh by post-revolutionary soviet psychologist called lev Vygotsky. Sorry for the pronunciation again. Um, he coined it in the 1970s. Um, and basically, social constructivism says that all cognitive functions originate in social interactions. Social interactions, okay? So the examples of social construct are gender, beauty standards, age, intelligence, race the list keeps growing it never ends one of the example being like okay you go to the toy store and your daughter picks up a doll but is it because she's a girl and she really likes dolls or is it because she was educated or you know taught into liking dolls and not attracted to boy-like toys like cars um or another example would be like beauty standards, right? Like in the Renaissance era, like you've seen paintings of like chubby, I don't want to say chubby, but then very um, full bodies were considered beautiful and not being tan, like very light skin, fair skin was showing affluence. Uh, but now, American people fake tan before going to the beach vacation and stuff like that. And then we want to be skinny. Um, now it's turning into like very, very different terms like thick or like slim thick or whatever. I think it's for the better. But generally, um, you know, the beauty standards changes, right? It has to do also has to do with like the way we do makeup. Um, so it changes all the time. Um, with age, you know, when uh, centuries ago, 50s or 60s year old are considered to be very, very old. But then now, with like advancement of like medical technologies and stuff like that too. But 50s, 60s are not, not old, not old. Um, so those are the example of examples of social construct. Um, so we discuss about like, much of a gray areas um, in arts and humanities and what i want to say about this this whole point of this episode is that not everything um 
lands on either STEM or like arts and humanities. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. There are so many gray areas. So I just gave a rundown of you know, the STEM and arts and humanities and what their characteristics are and so on. But the whole point of this episode, what I want to say is that there are gray areas. If not, like gray areas are, I think, is the majority of things in the world. Um, let me give you an example. So computer science. I know I said at the beginning of the episode that computer science is a big part of STEM. And I mean, sure, yeah, like that's one of the first thing that people would think of when people think of STEM. But I like to argue that um, computer science is learning about computer language, right? Like learning Java, learning Python, learning R. It's a language. And it was more like logics. That's what I felt um, when I started taking computer science classes in college. It was more about how to solve a problem in the most simple and beautiful way. And they are correct and wrong, right? But there are also better and worse ways to solve problems. Like, it's better to have fewer lines. It's better to have less bugs. It's better to have been, like, passing more tests, right? Like, more lines, like, more codes doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong, but the fewer lines, the better. So there's beauty in it. In fact, in my school... Um, bachelor yeah so if you major in computer science it's a bachelor of arts and I in a sense take so much pride in that perspective of my university I took data science and that was my major uh, degree in but that is bachelor of arts and I love that you know, when students asked, like, why is it Bachelor of Science? Or, sorry, why is it Bachelor of Arts? This is literally what the professor said. Like, he was like, because we learn language. And there's some arts to it. Um, and I love that part of it. Um, another good example, great example, actually, is architecture. Architecture has engineering human psychology and share this just like art and design right like first of all architecture in architecture the building or whatever you're doing it needs to stand it can't collapse so you need to understand physics and chemistry to a degree like when like what materials you're using and stuff like that but it's also about how you manipulate space and how you make people inside that building feel Right, So it's such a delicate field and I have so much respect for people who are pursuing architecture, not gonna lie. It's so beautiful and it's so complex. Um, So moral of the story, if you study STEM or an advocate of it, full support, power to you. But please don't look down on arts and humanities or please don't like be quick to label people based on that 
at the end of the day, the world is run by humans, and you can't summarize your life with numbers only. That just, yeah, I stand by that strongly. And even if you can, that story is probably not complete, you know, and it's that story is probably so boring. You see how immature AI is right now? I mean, like, people say, like, yeah, like, AI is taking over the jobs and whatever. To some extent, you know, any, like, repetitive jobs or any, like, guessing game based on whatever the data there is right now, yes, like, AI is improving a lot. But, again, like, AI currently heavily, I mean, heavily, I mean, like, you, AI cannot work. Um... And it relies its decision on historical data. So, you know, AI doesn't really work without data. Um, it Right now, it has a lot to do with like making decisions based on what has happened in the past. So it's very much impossible, at least for now, for AI to make a decision or guess something just out of the blue. That's something that only humans can do. And so, yeah, without foundation, it can't make decisions. So there's so much beauty and art and humanities. And there's so much of a mix of those two. So you can't just, please don't say like, oh, like, arts and humanities, they're useless. Think again, right? And if you study arts and humanities or an advocate of it, again, more power to you. And if you thrive in subjective blur mess, you know, blur the line between math and art too. Step into it. You don't have to be good at it. Just not being scared of it is more than enough. That's what I learned um, in college. In my humble opinion, I think it gives me so much more confidence in saying that I am literate in this like coding language or data science algorithms. You don't have to be good at it. And it's not scary thing at all. Um, and so, yeah, if you thrive in arts and humanities and love this like complexity of things, then make things between math and art like more complex too. I think that's that's basically what i want to say and i'm gibbering at this point and i'm running out of things to say so yeah that's that um thank you again for warm comments um from the last couple of episodes i'm so excited to get started on this project no matter what the you know the audience growth is or whatever it's just for my personal thing and it's just for fun it's really fun to start something new that i have no idea what to do so yeah thank you for listening and until next time bye bye